How's everybody doing today? Stopped raining. How about that? Probably start here while I'm talking, but uh, so uh, I'm incredibly excited about what the Lord has for us this morning. Um, I think one of the cool things about stories and personal journeys is that we get to see God from different perspectives and in different arenas and in different areas as to, to where he's and how he's pursuing individual lives. And so, um, you know, so there's some guests here. We're in this series called The Story, and we're, we're highlighting these themes, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and what we've been talking about is how these themes really are present in every arena of society and everyone's life. Creation, fall, redemption, that really all of us, we have a dominant way by which we understand our origin, our purpose, um, what's gone wrong, why it's gone wrong, what's the answer, what's our hope, and then how do we fix it, and what's it look like when it's fixed. We all have those in our mind and in our brain, um, but there's a right answer to those questions, and there's a wrong answer to those, to those questions, and let's just be straight, every one of us believes it wrong. I don't care who you are here. I, I, I'm, I got the mic, and that doesn't mean I get it. Okay? Um, I don't believe some of it. I struggle with some of it. I wrestle with some of it. Um, because you have the gospel, you have the truth, you have here's what God designed, here's what God intended, and then you have all of our understanding and all of our frail belief in our brokenness and in our humanity trying to understand and come in line with God's design and God's intent. And we'll spend the rest of our lives trying to figure that out by God's grace. And we'll fall and we'll <laughs> come back to him. Um, and so within these themes, really what, what I want to do this morning is I want to utilize some questions. So if you have a bulletin, um, pull that out. And there's some questions. If you don't have one, maybe share with a neighbor. Um, and uh, I want to utilize a couple of questions to really help us understand this narrative narrative of creation, fall, redemption, restoration, and where we don't align ourselves with the truth of the gospel. Um, and so uh, I want to walk through a couple things real quick, and then I want to um, show you a pretty awesome story um, of Kyle. Um, but really, these four, here's these four themes. Um, creation, creation really deals, deals with like origin and purpose. Okay, like where, where did you come from and what's your purpose? Why do you exist? And it really gets back to this question. And I want you to think about this question as you watch Kyle's story. Who or what does Kyle credit for who he is? Or who or what gives him purpose? Think about that as you listen to Kyle's story. Where's his, where's he finding his purpose? Now it'll change from the beginning of the story to the end of the story, which is just, gosh, this is incredible. Um, and then you have fall. So fall is really the fault and the failure. Like, what is the fall? What is the failure? And why did it happen? And you know where we often go here is who's to blame? Right? Like, this is, this is where it's wrong. Or um, the question is, is, why are things and people not the way they're supposed to be? And who is to blame for it? That's the fall. We all have a false story in our lives, and we all want to blame. Well, the gospel says, actually, you're to blame, because the sin is inside of you, not outside of you. We don't like to hear that. Um, it's hard to grasp that and, and embrace that. 
And then there's the redemption. Redemption really is based in the idea of healing and rescue. So like, there's something wrong, but what's the answer, right? Like, well, maybe it's just get this person out of my life. Like, that's the answer. That's my hope. Okay, what's going to be my rescue? The question is, is who or what will rescue me and redeem what is broken? So how do we fix the problem? We all have a view of that. Well, the gospel has a view of that, and it's the right view of that, and it's the right answer to that. And what it means to be a Christian is to come alongside and come in line with that. Um, Redemption, the person and work of Jesus Christ. And then restoration. Um, What will the world look like when all is as it should be? Think about that. What do you think the world should be? And how do you get there? Okay, that's the, the issue of restoration. What will the world look like when all is as it should be? And who or what will be the focus? We believe that the focus will be Jesus. It should be Jesus. In our efforts to bring restoration to our own hearts and to our community, that Jesus would be the Savior and the hero. Not any person or individual or any organization, but the person and the God named Jesus. And so here, here's what I want to do, is I want to watch Kyle's story. Um, and, uh, and I want you to look specifically for God pursuing Kyle's heart as you watch the story. Think about these questions, and then notice particularly God pursuing Kyle's heart. Let's go and watch it. In the beginning, you know, um, I would consider I didn't live a normal life like everyone else. Uh, my mom, she has schizophrenia, and my father, well, you know, he, he did provide, you know, um, a roof over my head, food in my stomach, clothes in my back, but he really didn't know how to love. My mom is big into religion, so uh, I remember when I was young, she would always drag us to the local, like, Catholic church where I mastered tic-tac-toe. Me and my sister, we would just sit there and, and just mess around and, and just play games. I didn't know much about church. I didn't know much about God. But one thing I know that if you're, you're stressed out and something's heavy on your heart, you pray. So that's what I did when I found out my grandpa was in the hospital. You know, I went to my room. I knelt right beside my bed and I prayed. I said, Lord, please don't take my grandpa. I don't, I don't, I don't have grandparents on my other side. So I only had my grandma and my grandpa. And, and, and they... they they played a large role in my life because, you know, um, we bounced around houses because my parents got divorces. Uh, stayed in the motel for like two years, so my father, he doesn't really cook. You know, only fried foods. I got super fat, but if I wanted a home cook meal, I'd always go over there. So, you know, it, it, they were very near and dear to my heart, and, you know, I prayed. I prayed hard, and he ended up passing away. And I remember when uh, we, we drove down there. I was so sure there was no God. Like, that was the point where I was like, God wouldn't want me to feel this. So pretty much from like middle school all the way through high school and then even after high school, um, my family, uh, because my my mom and my father, they split up and, and I moved to Wisconsin with my father. Well, my mom was the religious one, and my father really isn't. So I, I, I wasn't around anybody who, who went to church. 
understood what it was about and the values. And so I, I had no intention of knowing myself. Like, I know God did stir, did he stir in my heart as a child, but I just kind of, I guess I kind of suppressed the memories because I didn't know what it was. And uh, it, it wasn't until I got older and I got into college when, when I, God put individuals into my life, which led me to where I am today. All I wanted to do is better myself, but I wanted to better myself with using the wrong things. Like, I was, I was truly chasing happiness backwards. I wanted money. You know, I, I, I was planning on going into business, sales, just making a bunch of money because that's something that I lacked as a child. And I just, I didn't understand what it meant to live a holy life. You know, I'd go out and party and, and, I drink and drive and not even think that it's 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 anything and uh, and then one day in in politics I was sitting there talking to who I didn't know was a Christian and she brought up church and I remember it was me that girl and and Morgan and uh, she was sitting across the room and she heard us talking about God or church or something and, and I don't really remember the conversation but I said something like ah it's not my cup of tea or something like that so at the end of the class we were sitting and, and talking and she was so persistent and in, in inviting me to her church North Church and so I said sure you know I mean I don't mind I'll go check it out and uh, I remember the first time I went to uh, North Church I had had my slacks on, my nice church sweater, dress shoes, and she's like, Kyle, forgot to tell you, you don't gotta dress up. And I was like, oh. The service wasn't what I was used to. I'm so used to going and standing, sitting, standing, sitting, trying to decipher what they're saying. But North Church made it so clear for me. And, 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 I, and I enjoyed it. So I knew, I, I started going maybe every other week once a month, whatever, and eventually, we would start going, and me and Morgan would get coffee after church, and kind of like talk about the service, and and then, and I think that's when the, that's the point where my heart started stirring, that, that's the point where Jesus was reaching to me, and, and shining his glorious light on my heart, little did I know what was happening at that point. Um, it's probably been about a year, year and a half uh, since I started going to church, and and, and I've I've already grown so much from the person that I was. Like, if you knew me back in high school and you know me now, um, there's it's like night and day. I remember when the Ferguson stuff happened. Uh, I was sitting in, at my kitchen table, listening to the news on their TV and hearing the helicopters hover in Ferguson because I live like three minutes from uh, Ferguson and uh, it was such a powerful moment for me and just like I did when I was young you know I went upstairs I went to my bed but don't and I prayed um, the only thing different this time is I I wholeheartedly opened my heart to him you know I, I truly gave myself to Jesus Christ that night you know, I, I just I just pleaded and begged. I said, Lord, please. I know you sent me here for a reason. I just I just ask that you utilize me. I'm your pawn. I'm your servant. 
You tell me what you need me to do, and I will do it wholeheartedly. I will trust you. And, uh... From that point on, <laughs> doors just opened for me. I wanted to do it for a good cause. I wanted to prov uh, provide an opportunity for us as a community, us as a campus, to come together and help out in, in a bad situation. The nonprofit that I chose to make, raise money for was called Ferguson Youth Initiative, and I was able to present them with a check for a thousand dollars in front of all these, it, it was a sold out event. We have like 12 mayors and different municipalities there all supporting uh, Ferguson and, and uh, all different ethnicities. It was a beautiful sight. And they, God, God's not ready for me to stop there. I woke up one day and something told me, go pick up your friends. We, we drove past this Christian bookstore and uh, one of my friends, who's, who's a very strong Christian, he said, "Hey, you know, if we want to check that out, you know, if we, you mind if we go in there?" Of course, I'd just been driving all over, so I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll get there." Well, God really wanted me to go in there because, you know, Xavier got hungry. It's right by the bookstore. We dropped him off, got some food, and we're sitting there eating. And 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 the entire time I'm eating, I remember thinking, like, I don't want this food to end because I don't want to go in there, <laughs> and I don't know what what was causing it but i just had such a such a feeling of i do not want to go in this bookstore and it, it i it's just a store which is weird and uh, so i walk into the bookstore and i instantly start feeling anxious or nervous and it's a feeling that i knew i shouldn't be feeling just walking into a bookstore and and i i see my friend kj and he's sitting there reading something and 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 i'm still feeling nervous and anxious and and, and so you know I was like, all right, Lord, I feel like you brought me here for a reason. You know, I, I'm, I'm asking you to guide my hand. To show me what you want me to grab. Show me what I'm here for. And I remember I reached for a book, and right next to it was a book that said, Start Here. It's like, well, that's, that's, that's a sign if I've ever seen it. <laughs> I grab it, and I remember I open up to a random page. And by this time, I'm grabbing it, and, uh, and my hand's shaking. I'm like, this is so weird, but I knew I had to read this. And the random page that I opened up, right at the top, it said, Getting Honest. And it talked about uh, how Jesus asked uh, Adam and Eve, where are you? And they're hiding. And it said that no relationship can thrive off of, off of deceitfulness. And you have to be honest. And, and that really hit me because I felt like I, I wasn't being honest with Jesus. You know, I, I like to think that, oh, yeah, yeah, we're cool, you know. I, I, we have a relationship, but I'm lying. And and, and uh, so I, I knew that book was for me. And it, it just kind of blew my mind that, that that our God is so good. Like, like he's, he's stirring my soul so, so much. And there's nothing I can do but embrace it. There's nothing I can do is but just be so glad that that he heard my prayer and he started uh, to use me as he he would and it's crazy that in such a such a chaotic time that had to happen for me to understand that it's a relationship that he wanted the entire time he didn't want me to do anything for him he just wants me to have a relationship with him. And, and I actually just figured that out right now. And it's crazy how that works. It always kind of like bummed me out when I was a child, knowing kind of like my upbringing. You know, um, I have a father who doesn't know how to love. 
and I have a, a mother who have a hard enough time fi- figuring out if she's talking about something that's actually real or if it's just like some kind of a voice delusion and uh, I'm not gonna lie um, it's still something that's heavy on my heart to this day it just blows my mind that that's my family and that I'm living I'm living this life and I realized that it's not the situation that created me who I am it, it was God and as much as I'm um, kind of bummed about my situation uh, I'm blessed at the same time because I realize that I may not have the ideal family life but I have the greatest father ever <laughs> that's it Incredible, huh? So cool. Uh, if you have a Bible, turn to Titus. Titus 3. Uh, I remember, I don't know, two years ago, Kyle coming in the door, Morgan, introducing him, my friend Kyle. And it was just, the past two years have just been incredible, just watching watching the Lord pursue this guy. Um, And even hearing the journey and what's the background and the wrestling and the struggle, yet God's pursuit of him won out. And I want to walk through Titus. It's a verse that was up there at the very end of the video. And I want to first say, I want to first say this. This is why we exist as a church. Can I make that really, 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 really clear? The video you just watched, the transformation you just watched on this video, this is why we exist as a church. Is that the gospel would transform hearts. And it's pretty amazing. I'm going to talk about Morgan in in a minute, but uh, she gave me permission. Um, But uh, look at Titus. Um, verse 4 it says this but when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared now let me just stop there for a second and say this that God showing himself to be good and showing himself to be loving is a gift Okay. notice it says that when it appeared like so there was a point if you heard in the video there's a point where Kyle was like when his grandpa passed away, he's like, my conclusion is there is no God because no good God would want me to experience this kind of sorrow and this kind of pain. Did you hear his words in the video? Our God is so good. You know, that took years to get there, right? <laughs> You're like, oh, it took years to get there. And it was God opening up his eyes to see. Opening up his eyes to see that he's good and that he's loving. Even in the midst of 
ugly and pain and suffering and brokenness. And that's been the story of all the stories we've ever done here at North Church. Ben's story, God's good and God's faithful. Verse 5, he saved us. So if you're a Christian, this describes you. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy. And not because of like, this is what I go to church, or this is what I do, or this is how hard I work, or this is how I try to please God. He saved us, not because of anything you and I have done. Actually, in spite of all that we've done. The perfect life of Christ granted to you based on your faith, based on the mercy of God. By the washing and renewal of the Holy Spirit, so God working in our hearts through His Spirit, who poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Um, I, I want to I think through the, the three... Uh, themes of, of the story, the grand story of God. And, and really, I, I want to do a couple things here in the last couple minutes of our time. Is I, I want to help equip us, if you're a Christian, I want to help equip us with how do you take the gospel narrative and use it as you listen to the stories of people around you to say, okay, where does their story not align with the gospel? But I also want to use it to help explain the gospel might not about what is the gospel, because the gospel isn't just found in, in the person of Jesus, it's actually found in the, all of the narratives, it's actually found all in the scriptures that point to the person of Jesus. Um, and if you've been around church at all, or maybe you haven't, and you've ever experienced a Christian who was trying to tell you the gospel the way I was taught to tell the gospel when I was in church when I was a kid, is you go up to somebody and you ask them if they, if they know what's going to happen when they die. I, I never really got a good response out of that, right? Like, if you were... Can I ask you a question? If you were to die right now, I mean, they're like, like looking for the door, like I left my gun, you know, in the drawer, like, what? It's like, okay, we need some context to our understanding of the gospel. Um, and that's the beauty of, of what we're doing here this morning is Creation, Fall, Redemption, Restoration actually gives us context to the question of if you were to die right now. Because that's a, I mean, it's a good question. I just don't recommend you start there. Okay, um, So, um, creation. Um, think about this. So, dealing with origin, purpose, um, even in Kyle's story, having some religious background, um, I guess that resulted in, are you like, can you like, if we had a tic-tac-toe tournament, would you like kill us all? Okay. Let me get think. Yeah. Um, but, but think about this. So, so, he had some religious background, a little in his, in his upbringing, but at the same time, um, much of Kyle's story is that his origin and his purpose and his identity is found and rooted and defined out of the brokenness of his family. You know, we all have broken families. Let's be honest, we all have different elements of our life that are broken and that are a mess, but where it doesn't align with the gospel is that your origin, your creation is based in you're created in the image of God. And that creator is what gives you purpose that creator is what, what defines you and gives you an identity that sets you out and sets your course for who you are in the world. Okay? Um, 
It's not based in the brokenness of, of, of a person, um, the failures of a person. Um, it's based in who God is. But then the fall, um, oftentimes, and I, and I said this kind of earlier, is that in, when we talk about the fall, a lot of times what we want to do is we want to look outside of ourselves. Right? Well, if my parents weren't this way, if such and such wasn't this way, then. So, like, I'm blame, or where was Kyle after his grandpa died? The fall. Who was to blame? God. God's at fault. Okay, actually, the story of the fall is that I'm at fault, and you're at fault. That we're to blame, and that because of a good creator, and us rebelling against his goodness, he has every right to not show his goodness, and not show his love. That's what's crazy about that verse in Titus, right? It's like, when the goodness and loving kindness of God appeared, like, we don't deserve that it would ever appear. Ever. Like, you know how amazing that is? That we can sit here and that we can actually see that God is good. And that God loves us. That he would offer up a sacrifice that would pay the price for our wretchedness and our wickedness. Like, that he would make that available to us. Gosh, I hope that like stirs your heart and I hope there's gratitude within you. When you think about that, that's unbelievable. But I loved what Kyle said in the video about that book, Start Here. Like, it's about getting honest. And he's like, I wasn't honest with Jesus. Which is crazy because, like, Jesus knows. Like, he straight up knows. Like, if you're like, man, I'm going to trick him. It's like one of, one of my kids is like super sneaky and he'll like, he'll be across the room and he'll be real quiet. And you're like, what, what, what's he doing? And he kind of like does this glare. And he's like, dude, you're not tricking anybody. Okay. That's what Jesus is thinking when you're trying to hide and lie from him. It's like, you're not tricking me. And you know what? I, I want to talk to you. I want to engage you. I love you. I just love you too much to leave you in the mess that you're in. I want to call you out. I want to beckon you out. Here's what getting honest with Jesus is really all about. It's about believing that you need help and that you need to be rescued. Okay? That you need a Savior. That's what, that's what it's about. Listen, I don't care if you've been a Christian for years. You need a Savior today. You need help today. You need to be rescued today. It's crazy how we as Christians grow up in the faith and growing up in the faith for some reason looks like I just don't need God as much because I'm more mature, right? It's like we grow up and growing up means like, you know, we need the Lord, but as we grow up to become like him, all of a sudden we become one of him and then we're buddies and we kind of interact and we're like, hey, how's it going over there? Good over here. Like, I'll let you know if I need you or need some advice. Like, like no, that's not it at all. We know that. We just lose sight of that. 
We actually need rescue. That's what getting honest with Jesus is about. But think about redemption and, and healing. What, what was Kyle's his view of redemption and healing? What was it? What did he do? What did he pursue? He's like, well, in the midst of the brokenness, I, I, I need a girl. I need some money. I need a good job. Throw some alcohol in and shoot, let's just drive a car too. That'd make it more fun, right? I mean, he had this view, this pursuit. This is what's going to give me hope. This is what's going to fix it. Did it work? No, it didn't work. It didn't work. His happiness, he even said he was, he was this chasing happiness backwards. This pursuit of like, I'll pursue a way to suppress what's really going on in my life as, a, as opposed to pursuing the one who gives me origin, who gives me purpose, who actually brings restoration from the fall and wants to redeem me. Because that's what's crazy about the whole thing is that in this picture of restoration, which is a picture of hope and perfection, Okay, what, what's, the, what's the false view in Kyle's story of, of restoration? It's that, well, if I had a healthy family and a loving father um, and this perfect family unit that it would have raised me up with perfect love, then I would be the man I was to be and everything would be right and good and perfect. It's just not true. It's just not the gospel. The gospel is that actually the only thing, the only one that can make things right and good and perfect is the one who made it right and good and perfect to begin with and can restore what was broken in the fall. Yet what do we do? We believe the lie. We fall outside a line. See, you see what I'm doing here? Like trying to help us understand that when we understand the gospel narrative of creation, fall, redemption, restoration, we can see in our own hearts, in our own where we are relying upon a, a, a perspective of restoration that isn't God's restoration. Okay, and we can do this in our own hearts, we can do this with each other, we can do this with people who don't believe the gospel at all as a way to speak the gospel into their context and into their heart. Because ultimately there'll come a day when the good, loving, perfect God will make all wrongs right and will pull us out of this mess. And we'll come and restore what's been broken. And we'll, he says, there'll be no more tears. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more sin. There'll be no more pain. He's like, let me deal with that. But I want to think about two things as I wrap up. As I want to think about pursual. Um, and I want to think about how God uses people. Because think about this, Kyle's story is one marked by God pursuing him. God pursuing his heart and drawing his heart to him. And, and it's crazy because Danielle um, watched the video well beforehand. And she's like, I was struggling in the video because I was trying to figure out like when he really gave himself to Jesus. Because it's like you got the Ferguson part where he's like, I surrender myself. I said, I'm, you know, I'm yours, whatever you want me, I trust you, right? Like there it is, that's when he gave himself to Jesus. Well, no, then you got the bookstore scene, right? Where the bookstore scene, he's like, I wasn't honest with Jesus. Like, well, I thought you gave yourself to Jesus. Like, now you're not honest with Like, come on, like, what's the story here? Like, and then again, it was like, I got to get honest with Jesus. I surrendered myself to Jesus. Like, over and over and over again, it's this journey. So notice it wasn't like, 
June 22nd, Kyle prayed a prayer, and he was good to go. No. No. Like, it's a journey of him learning, of all of us learning and growing in the pursuit of God, pursuing our hearts and us trusting him and giving ourselves to him. And being honest about, God, where I don't trust you. I don't, I don't think you're good here. Being honest about that. But let me just give you a couple verses. John 6, says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. That's just unbelievable to watch God draw Kyle's heart. Even as I've sat down with him. And one of my favorite things is that, you know, if you've ever walked with and sat beside uh, somebody who didn't really believe the gospel and journeyed with them to believe the gospel and, and even grow up in the Lord, one of the, one of the, I think, the coolest things is this generic talk about God becoming a personal, like, my father. Like, did you hear that? Like, at the very end. He's like, I have the perfect father. It's God drawing him. It's God wooing him. John 12, 32 says, And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He's the God who draws people, captivates their hearts. But, but think about this. Here's, here's, what, here's what blows me away. Is that God uses people to draw people. Okay? Wretched, broken, sinful human beings, you and I that sit here today, who deserve destruction and hell, God says, I want to use you to draw people through my Holy Spirit. So take, you have Morgan, who's just a college student, who meets a friend named Kyle and begins conversation with Kyle and begins to just hang out with him, invites him to church and says, hey, let's go out for coffee. What'd you think? Here's a guy who's like, you know, church isn't my cup of tea. You know, he comes here dressed all snazzy and you know if people have no church if they dress up. Um which doesn't matter. You can dress up if you want. We really don't care how you dress or who you are or what's going on. We're just glad you're here and we love you and you're accepted here. Um, and I love it because it's, it was in those conversations over coffee that Kyle said, that's when, that's when the Lord opened my eyes. That's when he started stirring in my heart to show me who he is. love it. A broken 20-year-old girl just trying to be faithful to God, to love the people that God's put in the path. And what happens? He's brought into the kingdom because she's just, I'm willing. Have conversation. Let's see how it goes. You want to meet for coffee? I'm sure those conversations were maybe awkward and weird at times, and, but faithful just use me, God. Use me. Acts 26, 17, 18 says, I'm sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Like that's our mission as a, as a people, as Christians, as a church. I'm sending you, like God said to Morgan, I'm sending you to go open Kyle's eyes, to go have conversation, to go engage him and love him and speak the gospel to him, invite him into this community, invite him into this church so that he would be turned from darkness to light, from the power of Satan. Did you hear the struggle, like in the video? The struggle of like even the bookstore scene, like I just didn't want to go in there. 
Like he was anxious about being in a bookstore. It's like it's a bookstore, right? You know, you know what that is? Can I tell you what that is? It's spiritual warfare. It's the darkness, not wanting the light to win. But can I just tell you some news? The light always wins. It will always win. There'll come a day when darkness will be utterly destroyed. Maybe there's a time when darkness is reigning in some regard, but light always wins out. Forgiveness is offered. And as a result of one young girl's faithfulness to just be a part of the journey. You have a guy who's come to see he's got a good, loving father. Listen, this is why we exist as a church to make disciples, to bring people into the kingdom of God. And so even as we think through Kyle's story. Well, here's, the, here's what I don't, here's what I, I want, but I don't want it to end there, is I don't want you to just be in awe of God's work in, in an individual. Like, yeah, we absolutely should be in awe of God's work in an individual, but what I want to do is, because God's personal, like, what does that mean for you? Like, maybe an element of Kyle's story, that God's pursuing Kyle, and you're like, gosh, that's me. Maybe it's the part where you're like, just not honest with Jesus. Maybe this morning that just hits you. And maybe this morning God was like, I want you to just get honest with me. I want you to be real with me about where you're at. And real with your community and your church about where you're at and where you're struggling. And where you need help. And where you need prayer. And where, you, where your, your story doesn't align with the, with the, the gospel story. And we need to repent and walk in grace and forgiveness with one another. Because here's the crazy thing. The gospel works. Works. So the person you're praying for, the person you're ministering to, the person you're loving on, like, don't stop. Be faithful to God. God will do what he wants. God will be faithful to change. But you walk in humility and you walk in repentance and you walk in the fact that you need to be rescued just as much as the person you're loving on and you're pursuing. But you're not any better. Christian, we're not any better than anybody who doesn't believe the Bible. We're not better. Don't, don't portray that message that you're better. God, forgive us for at times portraying that. Let's pray and then... Uh, Prepare to respond to the Lord. God, I thank you for your faithful love and your faithful pursuit of us. I thank you for the gospel. I thank you for the, the beauty of the story of Kyle's redemption. And that we've gotten to play a part as a church. And we celebrate that this morning. Um, God, I pray that it would stir us. I pray that we would be encouraged. And God, even areas of his story that, that challenge us. So where we need to get honest, where we need to walk in humility, where we need to allow the Lord to deal with our hearts, that we would do that. God, you're faithful and you're good.
And so would you move now as we respond to you? In Jesus' name, amen.